Uh, I think we are due for a small correction, but I think in the Austin, especially in the Austin Central Texas area, we've got so much industry coming here and so many people moving here. I don't think we're going to see too much of a correction, but I think it will correct a little bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cashflow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have a special guest here today, Gary Griffin. How are we doing today, Gary? Good, Aaron. Good. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the show here. Glad to sure. have you. Absolutely. And, and Gary, you're down in uh, Texas there, correct? Correct. We are in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Wow. I hear a lot about that uh, market. That's in, uh, in the headlines uh, pretty often the last couple of years. We do. We do get a lot of uh, we do get a lot of press down here. We've got a lot of things moving to Austin. A lot of companies moving here, as you know. A lot of big businesses moving here. Uh, a lot of people relocating from all over the United States coming to Austin, Texas. Great, great. Now, Gary, I'm glad you could join us here for a little bit of time on the Passive Cashflow Podcast. Uh, as you uh, know, you're uh, one of our passive investors, which is very exciting, and you're also active in the industry. So that's why I wanted to have you on because you are able to move some of that active income and move that into passive returns and passive uh, ownership of real estate. And that's really the golden ticket. That's a lot of our listeners are looking for how to work a little bit less and earn more um, and build that retirement account um, through real estate. So uh, tell us about your story a little bit, how you got started in real estate and were able to climb that ladder to finally being a passive investor in real estate as well. Sure, sure. Be glad to. So back in 2006, I actually lost my job uh, and we went broke. We actually lost almost everything we had. Um, And much like you, you we've talked about this before. uh, Somebody gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, the book was a life changer. Uh, I read the book many times and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I decided to get into real estate at that time. I was actually a real estate inspector. I had gone through the inspector course and was doing real estate inspections. Uh, but I found out real quickly that in Texas, in August in central and South Texas, the attic is not the place to be roaming around doing inspections. I realized <laughs> real quick. Well, that, unless you uh, have 20 pounds, you know, I mean, it might oh, be- yeah, yeah, that's, it, it helped do that. Um, but I realized real quick that I didn't want to be crawling around in the attic in the middle of August in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and get my real estate license. And I was blessed in the fact that I met a man who was actually a good friend and student of Robert Kiyosaki. He wow. actually traveled. He actually traveled with Robert for many years. Um, he is still good friends with him to the day. Him and his wife own the Austin Institute of Real Estate or the business school. Mm-hmm. And I walked into there, walked into his uh, business school. And, you know, that was 15 years ago and I never looked back. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love the industry. Uh, ended up two years later after getting my real estate license, ended up getting my broker's license. And we've been a brokerage firm ever since. And uh, we've really enjoyed it. We, we love the, the business and we love uh, the real estate business itself. And we, we love the property ownership part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's a little bit about, I got started as well as a realtor, you know, trading the properties, selling the properties. And um, that's really a great way to learn the industry, learn how a transaction works, learn how to find a deal and learn from other guys uh, and people you meet that are, are been doing this for years, buying real estate and 
they've been making some mistakes. You can kind of see from the outside looking in and also see what they're doing right and take the good things and the bad things in from all your clients and, and try to um, learn from everyone you come in touch with. So yeah, that's a great way to get started. I, I always say to people, if you're a salesperson and you like sales, um, look into becoming a, a realtor or a broker if you like real estate as well, because it's a tough job too. You know, it's it's it a lot of uh, driving around and uh, sometimes you feel like the low man on the totem pole at the end of the day, yeah. you know, and, uh, but um, so, you know, that that's really interesting how you were able to uh, then uh, kind of transition from being an active uh, realtor and broker um, into being a passive investor. Do you recall the first um, passive investments you, you made and how you uh, came about them? Yes, I do. Um, we, we had a friend of ours. Uh, we hadn't invested in any real estate prop- properties at that time. And we had a friend of ours call us and wanted to sell our house. And that's the benefit of being in real estate. Um, so before we actually marketed the property, I made her an offer on it, you know, because we can, we can do that in the industry, which is good. And she took it and we ended up buying the property and it was a good deal on the property. We still own it to this day. That was many, many years ago. And it's been a great rental, positive cash flow, good ROI on it. And from that one, it just kind of snowballed out. Refinance on that one, purchase another one, refinance on that one, purchase another one. And it's just been a, a phenomenal property. We still own it. We love it. And it's still, it's still giving us quite a bit of cash flow every month on it. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you did the buy, renovate, refinance strategy. And Correct. you were able to keep your costs low enough on your renovations, buy at the right price. And, and uh, also, I think at a good time and a good market, right? What, what, what year was that when you started investing? That was in, we bought that one in 2010. Okay. So we, we've had that one quite a long time. And uh, it's just, uh, like you said, it was a good time in the market. It wasn't crazy like it is now in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, deals, deals are not anywhere to be found right now. And we pulled, we felt onto that one. We've done a couple of cash out refinances on it, uh, adjusted the rents to cover that. And it's, it's been a phenomenal property to have. Oh yeah. Now you're talking my language. Absolutely. <laughs> As you know, here, you've seen enough of my oh, yeah. webinars and, uh, you know, podcasts and know, uh, of course the, the updates on our investments together. So no, that's uh, very, uh, very cool stuff. You know, I mean, the magic of investing in the right markets, working with the, I mean, right now it's, it's a shame that there aren't any good deals because interest rates are so low and rents are so high, you know, it's, it's crazy. The, the cost to borrow the capital to buy the real estate in contrast to what you can collect in rent, um, you know, in your market down there in Austin, up here in North Jersey, mm-hmm. similar, you know, similar type of types of markets in the same way, very, you know, high demand, high price to get into in a way and um, huge population hubs. So, yes. um, you know, and, and those could be the gifts I keep on giving. And I'm, I'm envious of that 2010 market. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was right after the 08 uh, debacle with all the uh, real estate. And we ended up picking it up at a very good price. Um, and like you said, you, you touched on something about the markets. You know, Austin, trying to find a deal around the Austin or Central Texas area right now is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Normally, on a normal year at this time of the year, going into the summer months, we would have about three months of inventory on residential properties. Mm-hmm. We're down to below 15 days now. Wow. People are, yeah, people are coming in. People are coming in with 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars above asking price on these properties. Mm-hmm. And it's it, trying to find a deal right now is it's it's really, really tough. Um, 
So we're we're looking, we're always looking, but uh, it's just the problem of actually capturing something that you think would be at a good price. Uh, and Aaron, I give you credit. You made a statement many many months ago on one of your uh, webinars that I really enjoy. You never get rich paying twenty dollars for a twenty dollar bill. And I remember you said that stuck with me all the all these months. And that's one of the most phenomenal statements I ever heard because it's absolutely true. Uh, you can't pay over market price for something and expect to build wealth in it because. It just won't happen that way. Yep, absolutely. You make your money when you buy, you know, and um, we are kind of sitting back a little bit right now as well, just not being picky. You know, if, if you've looked at enough deals through the years and been in this market long enough, right, you're getting, getting started in the 2010 market. Oh, my gosh, you you know what a deal is, right? You remember 65 cents of after repair value minus repairs. That's where we used to buy these things at and we'd find them. You know, up and down to the auctions and everything. Um, goodness, those those days are over. But I think we are going to see a, a well-needed correction. Uh, I mean, it's inevitable. I just hope it's nothing like 2008. And I don't think it is because that was also with more um, security, mortgage-backed securities. And, it, you know, th- that was just tri-folding or 10xing the bad loans that were given out, you know, because then they were trading against those loans and mm-hmm. inflating the value right. and, and the, the risk of them. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't see that happening, but there's definitely needs to be a slowdown in, uh, prices. I think we need to see this foreclosure market open back up and that that's a part of the system that has to be in place for the economy, the housing economy to work the right way. Have you, uh, what's going on with the courts down there? Are they opening up eviction courts at all or foreclosure courts or where are they with all that right now? In, in Austin, Travis County right now, you're, uh, and it's, and I met with my lawyer on this the other day, my attorney, we and I talked about it. To get an eviction done right now, they're still closed on that. They're still not wanting to do evictions in Travis County. Some of the outer line counties, if you own properties, which we do around the Tri-County area, they will actually entertain an eviction notice and entertain the property. They'll, they'll bring it, you can bring it to the courthouse and you can actually get it done. But in Travis County itself, as of right now, they're not letting any evictions happen. So they still have a moratorium on them. Uh, hoping that that'll open back up soon. And, uh, you know, we're blessed. We haven't had any issues with any of our renters. We've actually worked with them. We, you know, we understand their issues and uh, we work with them on the rent. Uh, they've all paid, which is a blessing. So, uh, and I think that's just to the fact that we actually work with them and we let them kind of uh, work around what they want to pay and how they want to pay it every month. As long as you get it to me by the end of the month, I'm happy. And we we will let them break it up. We'll let them do whatever they need to do to get it to us. But luckily, we haven't had to file one uh, mm-hmm. because, like I said, our attorney did say that it would be it would be a nightmare to get it, somebody out at this point. Yeah, yeah, we're in the same boat. You know, we about ten percent of our tenant base is uh, falling behind or on a payment plan of some type, and about half of the that ten percent, so about five percent, are are you know not really cooperating. But another five, you know, they they really the other half are trying to work with us as we put them in touch with nonprofits and um, government assistance programs and really try to guide them in the right direction so that we can, you know, set up that win-win and they can uh, work with these groups that can uh, help pay the rent this time. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting time right now. It, uh, it's really unprecedented <laughs> with the, what's going on with interest rates so low, the amount of money they're printing, um, you know, real estate values are going up with inflation now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think that around June or July, I've been hearing whispers that we're going to see, uh, the courts open up uh, more in, in, uh, New Jersey here. Uh, okay. Right 
Yeah. So you can file in New Jersey. Uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. You just kind of get in line in the cities we're working in. So, you know, there's that's uh, kind of what we're experiencing down here. You can file on it, but uh, like you said, just get in line and they may get to you. They may not get to you. That's just yeah. the way it's going to be. And some of the counties are doing sheriff sale auctions, but it's very limited what's going through right now. It seems like most of the stuff cannot be auctioned off any, any Fannie or Freddie Mac loans and, and, and different, mm-hmm. you know, rules there. So, um, but you know, the auction sheriff sale auctions were a gold mine in 2014 through like 2017, uh, right around 2018, everyone and their mom started showing up and, and bidding on the properties. Um, have you, uh, dealt with sheriff sale auctions in, uh, Texas there? We have, we, we've got a couple that we've dealt with. One of our agents, uh, really likes those. Um, she does a couple of them. And the problem is, in like we were talking about a little while ago, uh, you'll have several thousand people show up and bidding on one property. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the issue. You can do it at the courthouse, they'll do it at the courthouse steps, but then you'll have several hundred to a thousand people show up trying to bid on one property. Yeah. So they realize that that's where the deals are and they, they can't get them anywhere else. So they're, they're heading over to the sheriff's office trying to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, uh, that's how it goes up here as well. You know, there's a lot of competition. Um, we do find, you know, we've had a lot of luck with direct mail marketing, but just our network in general has really been the gift that keeps on giving, um, you know, but being a broker, I mean, you are at the front door of, you know, good brokers deals coming in, working with investors. And that's really the best part about uh, being a, a broker in these times is, Sometimes if you find a really good opportunity that works for your portfolio, you can add it, add to it as long as you're not the listing agent, of course, or anything like that. But, you know, so that's uh, it's good to have your you know, pulse in the market there, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done. Every every property that we've picked up, every one that we own has been one of those type of transactions where somebody would come to us, want us to broker the property, want us to sell it for them, want us to market it for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we explained to them that uh, we'll take it off your hands. We'll close it in 30 days mm-hmm. and you won't have anybody coming over looking at the property. You won't have it. You won't have to show it. We don't have to do anything. And usually it works out well for us. We ended up picking the properties up at a pretty good rate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's what I did for years as a realtor, offering that option as well. And sometimes it works for homeowners. Other times it doesn't. So that's, uh, that's really interesting stuff. And um, so at this point, um, I, I, what's your uh, crystal ball uh, show with the mark? Well, how many more years of growth do you think we have? And uh, or is there, is there a correction due? Or are we just going to keep on kind of growing with inflation here? You know, that's a good question. And somebody brought that up the other day. Um, we were talking about it with some of my agents. And I think we are kind of headed for a correction. I don't think the numbers in Austin, especially in the Central Texas area, are sustainable at this point. I mean, we've we've seen a 25 to 30 percent equity growth in all of our properties, which I just don't think is sustainable. Um, it seems like at this point, it's kind of cooling a little bit. We've had some We've got more, more more properties on the market than we have buyers for right now. It's kind of slowing down just a little bit. Um, I think we are due for a small correction, but I think in the Austin, especially in the Austin Central Texas area, we've got so much industry coming here and so many people moving here. I don't think we're going to see too much of a correction, but I think it will correct a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I it's just crazy. The market uh, I'm investing in right now, more aggressively, is Southern Vermont, and it's gone up 25 percent in the last year. And mm-hmm. uh, boy, it, in same with Jersey, we've seen not that much growth, but around a 10% growth in the last year. And, and that, yeah, it's really not sustainable. Wages haven't gone up that much. You know, right. it just doesn't make sense. So if you're not getting paid 25% more, the cost of housing can't go up that much more and, and for it to make sense. So I do think there is actually a, 
um, an increase in price kind of due for some of the New England markets, some of the more rural markets. Um, and if you go out to the more rural areas, you know, I was amazed at how low the prices were two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And they had a little catching up to do. I never felt that way about uh, inner city markets or, you know, more uh, urban markets in New Jersey. They were always pretty high priced and did come down a little bit in the 2008, uh, you know, um, um, real estate uh, recession. But it, it, it really came roaring right, right back and, and uh, roared past that point around 2014 that, that it was worth, you know, in 2008. But some of these rural markets, you go out and you'd say, wow, in, in 2019, properties were selling for what they would sell for in 2008. And that's a deal to me. You know, if you could buy a stock at what it was selling for 10 or 11 years ago, that's a great deal. It's got a bunch of, you know, so, um, but now those, (laughs) that ship has sailed a big year. I agree. You know, so we're actually, we're actually pushing our boundaries out a little bit. We're actually looking down in the Houston and Dallas area now Mm -hmm. um, because Austin's growth is just so, so large and the property values are so high here. We're actually moving out into the smaller areas, smaller communities between here and Houston seeing if we can find some deals out there. We've, we've actually been actively looking at properties out there and uh, that may be our next niche be just because we, we just can't seem to find anything here in Austin. That's a deal. Yeah. And that's, I think what a lot of investors are doing, you know, you can only look at and, and swing the bat so many times in a market and realize, okay, I used to do well in this, in this market. It's super high right now. We're going to give it a little break and try to build an infrastructure in uh, markets around it, you know, and go further out. So we're doing a bit of the same thing. We're um, doing a lot of land um, flipping or so, or investing out Warren County and Sussex County, which are two very northern and, and western counties here in New Jersey. Um, and we're still looking aggressively in Essex County and, and Union and Hudson, as we have for years, the more heavily populated areas. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of like pound your head against the wall right now. You know, you, you're just looking at a lot of stuff with thrown offers in, and we'll get outbid by. 10 20 you know percent and it's like kind of silly so <laughs> yeah it sounds like sounds like me we've, we've thrown a couple out there and we weren't even close i mean you said it 10 20 percent you know and we weren't even close to the, what they took on it you know it's funny when this whole corona thing happened and the market it like stopped for a second we all a year ago we all panicked <laughs> that was a tough time for a small business owner i may have not showed it in my webinars so it was a little nervous <laughs> <behind the scenes. laughs> But, yeah, you know, no, I agree. It was it was a tough time. We all kind of we all kind of hit the pause button for a second and went, okay, yeah. let's 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 think about this for a minute. Where are yeah. we going to be with this? Uh, yeah. But yeah. you're right, it did, and it was uh, it was kind of an unnerving time. Yeah. So, and then around July and August, actually, because my wife would say, she'd say, "Aaron, you always say, you know, buy when." When other people are, are are not, you know, and this is the time, you know, so <laughs> I was like, you know what, Diana, you're right. I got, you know, so we started looking a little more aggressively around then and we did scoop up some really nice opportunities, about three good short-term rental properties um, mm-hmm. between um, August and, uh, you know, uh, you're following us then. And um, so, yeah, that, that was a good time. And right around January, March, you know, we, we started, oh boy, these prices are just still going up, up, up. So um, definitely have our eyes peeled, but you know, I've, I've learned not to reach, not to stretch, try to make a deal. If it doesn't work right. on an Excel spreadsheet, it's not going to work in real life. You know? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. If the numbers don't match up, then it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do for us either. And if it doesn't come in at where we need it to be, we've got a certain number when we do our pro formas. If it doesn't match that number, we pass on it. And that's yeah. just, uh, I think that's a good business practice for anybody that's buying a rental property or investment property. If your numbers don't add up and you're not positive cash flow, your IRR isn't good, then 
then just pass on it. It's not worth the headache that it's going to, that's going to give you in the long run. You know, I always say the word no has made me more money in real estate than the word yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. I learned that one the hard way as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, uh, Gary, you offer a lot of services. How can people reach out to you and, and what can you, uh, what can you offer to the listeners here? Okay, so we, we offer a real estate brokerage company. We also do uh, financial planning help. If you need to, if you're thinking about purchasing a rental property, you can contact us and um, we will represent you on the broker scale, on the broker side of things. We'll gladly represent you on the purchase side of the property or the sales side of the property. Uh, but we also will help you out if you decide you're, if you're thinking about buying a rental property and you're just now getting into the business, we will actually sit down with you. We'll help you do a pro forma. We'll show you what a pro forma looks like. We'll go over IRR. We'll go over the cash flow every month. And we'll let you know if the property is a good deal or not. If it's a good deal, we'll give you the, we'll give you the okay on it. We'll, we think it's a good deal. And we'll give you all the numbers so you can make your decision on it, whether you want to do that or not. Um, but we also do buyers and sellers representation on our business as well. So if you're thinking about selling a property or buying a property or purchasing a property, give us a call. Contact us at Adelpho Capital Group. Uh, you can email me or you can call me and uh, we can set up a meeting with you. And we you know, put you in contact with one of our agents and uh, we can see if we can help you out a little bit. That's great. That's great. How many uh, agents do you have uh, in your uh, brokerage down there? We, we only have a handful of agents right now um, just because uh, the market is so saturated with agents right now. And yeah. honestly, I like, the, I like the agents that we have um, because they're all professionals, um, but uh, we're not really taking on any new agents right now just because I just I honestly, as, as stretched thin as I am right now, I don't have the time to take on any new agents unless they're a seasoned agent. They can come on with us. Mm. Uh, but um you know, we'll, we, we have a bunch a group of ones that we really enjoy and we really like and that are professionals and um, they're very, very good at what they do. Great, great. And you focus on the Austin market. Do you also do uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area or what would your specialty? Yeah. We can, we can do Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, anywhere in Texas, you're thinking about selling a property. We're licensed all throughout the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we are home based in Austin, but we, we do belong to different MLSs across the state. So if you're thinking about selling something, we've we've done deals in Houston, we've done deals in Dallas, uh, all throughout the state of Texas, West Texas. Mm. So if you're thinking about selling something or purchasing something, we can help you out anywhere in the state of Texas. Now, is Texas like New Jersey, where you have like eight or nine different MLSs and it's kind of a racket and you have to join all the different ones if you want to? It is. It is absolutely like that. I mean, I live in one MLS, but I belong to several other ones and you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. And you have to belong to part of them if you want to get, you know, if you want to get access to that or if you want to put a key box on there where the other agents can get <laughs> access to. It's it, it is a racket. I guarantee you. It, really is. Is. it really is. Why a racket. don't we just have one central one. data? That, you know, it's, oh, my gosh. That's why I like, you've I, got you've got one license for the state of Texas as a broker. But yet you've got all these different MLSs that you have to belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you, if you want to do deals in Houston, you have to belong to theirs. If you want to do deals in Dallas, you have to belong to theirs. And if you belong to all those, by the end of the month, you're looking at your bill going, you know, what, what, what am I paying for? Because yeah. the, the services are just crazy. Um, yeah. The service fees. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's the same, it's the same type racket where you have to belong to multiple MLSs, yeah. you know, yeah. to, in order to, to see what the, what they've got on their website and what the properties are. for business. 
certain areas you have to list on two MLSs. If you don't put it on the other MLS, they'll charge you a fine, you know, and then Correct. like a daily fine. Oh my gosh. I, Correct. I start, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Absolutely. It is frustrating because Austin, you know, we, we pretty much, we cover all the tri-county areas here, mm-hmm. but then you have the Williamson County Board of Realtors, which is just north of us and they cover another area and, you know, they like for you to put it on theirs and they want to put it on here. So it's, it is, it is that way. You know, they want to see two different MLSs. So boy, oh boy. And the realtor gets stuck with the bill. (laughs) That's true. Always. (laughs) Always. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for coming on Gary and we will uh, put your contact information in the uh, description in the show notes here. So our guests can reach out to you for any brokerage services or financial advising and uh, just investment, uh, running those numbers on investment properties, like you say. Um, So that's great. And, um, Thank you guests for listening here to the Passive Cashflow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, uh, owner of a co-owner of the People's Capital Group. And you go to peoplescapitalgroup.com. We have other podcasts there, over 50 episodes. We have webinars that we've done in the past that explain how we buy properties, similar to the one you see behind me here with a group of investors and with those properties produce cash flow and equity growth and tax depreciation over time. So you can check out our podcast for all information, our webinars, peoplescapitalgroup.com. Thank you, Gary, for coming on. You're the man. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Aaron. It was a pleasure. Have a good one.